Welcome to the Staffing RecOps podcast, where we interview leaders from high-volume staffing and recruitment firms on the operations, strategy and business processes that they've implemented or are implementing. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcoming to the show today, Emily Giltner. Emily, thanks for joining us. Thank you, James, for having me. Joining us today from Cincinnati, Ohio in the United States, Emily is Senior Vice President Enterprise Operations at StaffMark Group and has been with the company for an incredible 33 years. I'm not sure how many staffing organizations can boast employees with such longevity of service. StaffMark Group is a $1.4 billion organization operating across various industries predominantly focusing on administrative and light industrial skills across the US. Staffmark Group is owned by Recruit Holdings, a $25 billion turnover global staffing organization. Emily, can you bring us into your world and share with myself and our listeners what Staffmark Group have been doing to overcome the challenges in regards to onboarding and retention? Absolutely, James. We are very focused on creating the most positive talent experience that we can and really looking at the efficiency and effectiveness of each step along the way in the talent journey and ensuring that we're maximizing each experience with automation where possible, but including the human touch where it makes uh, the most sense in the overall process. So when you're when you say including the human touch you're you're bringing in automation to make sure you're having more human touch or what do you mean by that yes what we're trying to do is really bring in automation for the repetitive tasks that our recruiters are having to complete so that it frees our recruiters to spend the most time and to maximize the time that they have with with each candidate to qualify them for the particular position. So currently, one of the things that we've begun to focus on is the use of voice AI, um, really to do some of the initial pre-screening of our candidates that apply to our positions. And the voice AI is allowing us to gather some basic information about each candidate so that that's already available when the recruiter engages with the candidate and the candidate is then very focused with our recruiter on their skill set and what particular position they might match. And and is this something that you've rolled out globally or are you trialing it in in the US first? How are you doing that? Well, we are US based, so we are right now rolling this out. Um, We have it in we do have it have it in a pilot phase, uh, but we're expecting to expand that. And uh, we found it to be very beneficial in our light industrial space, as well as our administrative and uh, clerical space. And our goal is long term to move that into our, our more professional um, space where we're doing engineering, IT, accounting, finance, creative roles, those types of things. So what's this look like in terms of a project, first in, in terms of timeframes? When, when did this journey start? This journey started actually with one branch uh, about eight weeks ago. 
and we've expanded beyond that. Um, but we're, we wanted to make sure that the integration worked with our ATS. Um, so again, we're minimizing the administrative time for our recruiter and trying to make that uh, the best experience as well for our recruiter as information comes in from the talent. Um, so far, it's gone very well. We're measuring to revenue generated and margin. So um, we are really beginning to see some impact there and to be able to free up our recruiters time um, to again, spend more time with qualified candidates. So was that the actual implementation started eight weeks ago? Correct, that was the first, actually implementation really started beyond that, uh, probably about uh, 12 weeks ago now as we began the integration, but we went live with our first branch office about eight weeks ago. And is this using an off-the-shelf solution? Is it something you've built yourself? You, you mentioned you're making sure it integrates with your ATS. Mm -hmm. It is an off-the-shelf product. Um, we've been utilizing that, and it's pretty much out-of-the-box form. Um, but we did integrate it specifically with our ATS. And when you went out to market to assess that, that automation technology what what did that look like was there a lot of choice did you i'm assuming you would have had demonstrations etc presumably you had a project team researching that we do have a project team that handles that it's made up of part of our operations team as well as our it team and we viewed several vendors um, and ultimately got to the selection that we did for really two reasons uh, one, the quality of the voice bot. Um, it's very like life. In fact, uh, some of the things that we most enjoy about the product is that as talent engage with the bot, um, often they forget by the end uh, that they're actually talking to a bot or as we uh, term it, a virtual recruiter um, by saying, uh, you know, goodbye, have a great day. Um, so we, we see that being forgotten by our talent. And second of all, uh, by the dashboard and the information that's able to be provided to us for each experience. Um, one, as the virtual recruiter continues to um, engage and interact, um, being able to set key metrics for us to be able to measure what success ratio we're having with the bot engaging with our talent, which going to a pre-qualified state so how many are getting through to the to the qualified state and then ultimately tracking through to revenue and and margin so that we can ensure we're driving our key results as well uh, with this particular uh, ai product i'd love to come back to the metrics in just a moment before going on to that how much of the actual messaging is predefined by this off-the-shelf solution and, and how much how much can can you as a business influence that have you spent time looking at what that messaging is absolutely great question um it does it it, it it's very much based on the job description so the dialogue and conversation is going to vary based on the qualifications and job descriptions that we've defined for each particular position. So we are able to, to drill it down to the position level. So as we 
um, have applications that come in for those particular jobs and particular roles, the chatbot is able to engage different questions. Additionally, with the virtual recruiter, um, as the candidate or as the talent engages and responds, the virtual recruiter is going to continue to learn and engage with that individual. So that's one of the things that we also thought was most impressive with this particular solution that we're using. Although there were several that were very competitive in that space. So coming on to the metrics, I'm interested to know, are you building an ROI internally? Did, have you already had to do that as part of this process? Correct. We have done that. Um, we're obviously still at the very early stages um, and need to do that again for more professional roles, but certainly in our more commercial roles, our light industrial and, and, and um, clerical space, we've started to see that return. Um, so we've, we've, we began with what I would define as activity-based metrics, um, how many um, of the talent that apply are engaging with the virtual recruiter, how many are coming to completion, how many are pre-qualified for that particular role that they've applied to. But then ultimately, um, you're, you're absolutely correct. We wanna to get to those revenue and margin metrics to make sure they're, they're driving the key results that we're expecting as a company. And uh, we've begun to do that. Um, took a little while. Um, it didn't happen necessarily in the first week, uh, but um, certainly over time, we're able to see the impact that uh, the virtual recruiter has. Why did Staffmark invest in this now? What, what was the compelling reason to do this now? And, and were there other projects that had to be put aside to do this? Um, no, we certainly did prioritize our project. So I don't think nothing was specifically set aside um, when we had this one on the radar. I think the reason is really twofold. Uh, one, from the recruiter perspective, you know, I think there are more and more demands on the recruiter um, at a desk level than ever before. So we want to make sure that where we can drive efficiencies and effectiveness for our recruiters and eliminate some of the uh, more repetitive tasks that we're doing that. But also it creates a consistent talent experience for our applicants across the board. One, just in response time, um, what we've seen is that our virtual recruiters, even though we say that the virtual recruiter will reach out within an hour, it's really happening within 15 minutes and certainly exceeds that of what a, a human recruiter could do. But there's consistency in the questions that the virtual recruiter asks and the information that we want to gain as an organization. So we believe that that creates a better experience for our talent or our applicants as well. So, so all of the automation at this stage is based on post-application from a, a candidate? Correct. What happens in our process with our virtual recruiter is that it kicks off upon completion of the online apply. So once somebody has completed our online application um, or uploads a resume, it's going to trigger the launch of the virtual recruiter. Will you at any point, do you think, be utilizing this virtual recruiter for outbound, for engaging the database of candidates? 
we've absolutely talked about that and believe that we will take a look at that after completion of this process. You know, what we find is that we have a lot of talent in our database, in our ATS, and what a better way to continue to engage with some of those individuals that, um, you know, maybe have applied for us and we just haven't communicated with or haven't reached back out to us. This is another way that we can attempt to engage that population. You know, one of the things I always hate to hear about our business is that uh, people feel like they fall into a black hole at times. And we feel like that's one of the things that we can use our virtual recruiter for, again, is continual follow-up with the talent, because as their lives change, we want to make sure that we're up to date and understanding what they're looking for. So um, we feel like that is a way to, to better utilize um, the virtual recruiter as well. And so how quickly are you leading the candidates post-engagement with the virtual recruiter to the human touch? Have you got a specific time frame that they, they have to be connected by or a number of steps? We do. We um, try to, to reach back out to those candidates that are um, having engaged with our virtual recruiter within 24 hours. So we're, we've got a very tight timeline that we're um, asking our recruiters to follow up with the uh, with those candidates and then when they do it's it's pre-vetted so the the virtual recruiter has, has gone through specific questions based on that job role and when the the real life recruiter gets on the phone they've they've got that initial engagement and answers to the the core basic questions exactly the the basic questions of you know job interest uh, location shift work those types of things are all obtained by the virtual recruiter. So the focus, once the actual recruiter, the human recruiter has that talent on the phone is really um, identifying the particular role and is that a match? So are those qualifications and are those expectations of that job, what the talent are looking for and are the skill sets there? So um, they can really focus on ensuring that that match or that assignment is the right one for the talent. So the human recruiter is picking up and taking on the more emotive side and the the culture fit and correct. You're exactly correct. And and we feel like um, the human recruiter can do a much better job of explaining the uh, particular assignment and what may be expected of that individual. And they don't have to spend time on those things that, um, you know, that are, that are basic, like location and shift and, and pay and all the hours, those types of things. So they're really honing in on the skill sets, the essential functions of the job and the culture and environment that they're going to be working in. Is the virtual recruiter, is the virtual recruiter selecting any candidates through this process? Is, is anyone getting qualified out at that stage? No, not necessarily, unless the talent um, excludes themselves. Um, so sometimes the talent may decide they're not interested, uh, but the, recruit, the virtual recruiter at this point is gathering all that information that we would have to do as a human recruiter and trying to streamline the time. So today that virtual recruiter is not opting anybody out. Now the talent 
may say this isn't the position for them after hearing about it, but we're going to know um, as a human recruiter, if they don't meet those experiences, for example, the virtual recruiter can say, do you have a minimum of six uh, months of, of uh, forklift operation, or do you have a year of customer service experience? So they're able to gain that information, but they're not ruling in or out. They're, if they hit those qualifications, the talent hits the qualifications, the recruiter is the virtual recruiter is identifying them as someone that meets those minimum qualifications. And then it's up to the recruiter, the human recruiter, to, to make that ultimate determination and to make the match, as well as have the discussion with the talent about the particular role, expectations, performance, culture of the company, where they're going, those types of things. Is the virtual recruiter clever enough to work out what a commute might be? Could it ask a candidate, have you realized that's a 42 minute drive from where you live? Yes, it can. Uh, it's, it's very smart in that way. Uh, and one of the reasons that we built the integration with our ATS so that that information is readily available. So um, one of the things the virtual recruiter can do is uh, recognize that if that role is 20 minutes from that um, recruiter or from that kit talent, excuse me, that uh, they'll recognize that and say, is, ask, is that an acceptable distance or an acceptable you know, time to travel? Because that can vary, right? Depending on, is it a, um, a urban environment or a more rural environment? So that we want that to be able to be varied by position and the virtual recruiter can pick up on that. Does it do that just by connecting to Google Maps or? Google Maps and um, having the, the assignment information and location within our ATS. So it knows the exact location of the work that's going to be performed and then can associate that with Google Maps. Would well, you say that's the cleverest thing it can do? You know, I don't know if that's the cleverest thing, but I think, James, it's it's the experience and the lifelikeness of the virtual recruiter that I think is the best thing about it. You know, over the years, I've heard a lot of your virtual recruiters who've been around for a little while, but uh, none that has certainly the quality. And then I would say, secondly, the ability to continue to learn with that candidate and engage and go back. Um, you know, if someone says, do you have this particular, if the virtual recruiter asks about this particular experience and the candidate doesn't technically respond, Jamie will go back and ask the question again. So um, I think being able to adjust to the response is the key thing. What else can you measure in terms of the information that you're gathering from the talent when the virtual recruiter is engaging with them? Do you, is there anything you can measure or, or analyze around their emotion, the, the, the way that they talk on the call, the talent? Mm -hmm. Is there anything around that? <clears throat> Nothing around emotion that can engage other than level of uh, commitment to move on in the process. Um, I'm sure that will come at some point in time in the future. Um, but uh, we, we believe right now that 
having that engagement, having that process be consistent, having it be a positive experience, um, having you know the virtual recruiter work even when we're not at the candidate's uh, requirement. So one of the things that the virtual recruiter can do is if the virtual recruiter calls you, James, and asks if you're available to speak for a few minutes and you say no, um, the virtual recruiter will ask you, when is a better time to talk? If you say 10 p.m. tonight, then the virtual recruiter is going to contact you at 10 p.m. tonight uh, based on the schedule that you've asked for. So I think giving that flexibility and creating that positive experience for our talent is key. And, you know, for us um, as a recruiters, it's working when we're not often able to do that. So um, I think that's a, that's a win for us as well as for the talent. Prior to implementing this virtual recruiter, did you already have some automated messaging in terms of emails, SMS, text messages, WhatsApps, anything like that? We do. We have a, an engagement tool that we use. Uh, it's a third-party product, and we use that for ongoing communication, uh, both text as well as um, email. And um, we also have another product that we use that we can use for phone calls uh, with a recorded message that we'll do for um, certain scenarios. So we certainly believe in automation, um, you know, even prior to, to, to the virtual recruiter. So what kind of improvements had you already seen in terms of engagement or response time or time to fill or anything like that with the, the prior automation before, before you went into the virtual recruiter? Yes, I think the big thing is response time and just being able to um, get responses back. Um, certainly text uh, we have found to be most efficient um, and reduce the response time, which obviously drives the, the key timeline overall at, for our talent and for us as we begin to uh, make sure that we're you know, managing our time to fill. Um, I think also it allows the talent to respond on their time and their time interval, whether that's email or text. And uh, in addition to those, we also have um, uh, Staff Mark Group Work Now app that we use. So a talent can download uh, that app and engage with us for positions um, from their first assignment to you know continuing through their work cycle with us. So that's another form of automation and information is happening right within that app real time. And, and all of this is across the board, regardless as to whether it's direct hire, contract, temporary work. Correct. We do use it in all of our capacity. Um, right now we're very, it's very heavy in our commercial space. So our light industrial admin clerical, and we're expanding it into our professional and technical space. Smaller piece of our business overall, but nonetheless important to continue to drive that. And some of the timing and some of the processes are slightly different. So we do look at those separately to make sure that we've created the best talent experience based on the vertical that they're in. 
And, and coming back to the actual messaging itself, how, how much has that been tweaked over time and, and how many people have been in, involved in, in analysing word by word what messaging you're sending out? You know, it's it's interesting because we've been using some form of automated messaging for, for a number of years now. And I describe it as the job that is never finished because we're always finding ways to improve or tweak or um, analyze and gain additional information, even taking information from our net promoter score uh, process and engaging that into our uh, communication and engagement tool. So we constantly look at that. We do have an individual that sits on our operations team that manages that communication and manages that workflow is constantly looking at process improvement and continuous improvement um, you know, with that. And we'll continue to do the same uh, going forward and, and love to have feedback from our talent to how we make it even better. C coming back to the human touch again, how much of the human touch is remote and how, how often do your recruiters get face-to-face -face with candidates? It's interesting. Our, our, on our commercial group, all of our recruiters are back in our offices and have been uh, for a while now. Uh, same with our technical professional. Most of those groups are back in the offices. But we are seeing less uh, traffic flow into our offices because of the automation that we've been able to deploy. Um, our WorkNow app is a great example of that. Um, we you know, have driven many of the processes to that app and right in that app so that the, no one has to come into the office. Um, currently, one of the things we're focused on from a technology pers perspective is a, a designated signer tool for Section 2 of the Form I-9. As our um, COVID uh, processes change here in the U.S., that's one of the things that uh, with the changes that are coming up here at the end of the summer, we will need to make sure that we automate. So we're focused on that right now as our next technology to deploy to allow even further uh, the ability for talent to be remote. And, and what about the connection time? Because what I actually meant with that question, I perhaps wasn't very clear, is between your talent and the talent that they are placing, do do your recruiters, your, your live recruiters, live, your real recruiters, do they go and meet with candidates face to face? They do. Um, you know, often there are times that they are in the office and exchanging information, but a lot of it can be done remotely now um, that we've never had the, the uh, ability to do in the past. Uh, we've deployed a lot of technology over the last five years. And one of the things that has given is that talent doesn't necessarily have to always be in the office uh, with our recruiters. So um, they do meet live with them, uh, depends on the particular scenario, but more and more is being done remotely. Were there any big surprises for you throughout this journey, not just with the most recent, with the, with the um, digital recruiter, but with, with the whole process of automation with messaging? Have there been any big surprises? I don't know if this is a big surprise, but I think one of the challenges that we continue to, to monitor and face is just the change management for our recruiters internally. You know, uh, before COVID, we had launched some 
pretty significant technical initiatives. And then certainly COVID drove those to be even faster. So a lot of technology has been placed in the hands of our recruiters in a short period of time, relatively speaking. And, um, you know, there's a learning curve. People adapt to that technology, even internally, differently. So the big key and big focus for us has to continue to be the change management uh, of those recruiters and for those recruiters so that um, they were driving the best experience for them as well. Yeah, I guess without the user adoption, it, it's not going to help push it forwards. That's right. That's absolutely true. What What would you say is the, the, the biggest move on the needle of any of the metrics that you've been measuring? Um, it's a good question. I think the biggest has probably been just the time of processing from when the talent applies till they are actually hired in our process and are ready to be placed on an assignment or are placed on a direct hire assignment that has consolidated and that's where we continue to to kind of focus while creating the best talent experience so um, i think it's really uh, focused on driving that time to fill um, now we've got a focus on some other pieces towards the actual fill end of automation, but the front end of that process has been key in driving those metrics. And then ultimately for us, it's, you know, are we placing more candidates? So are we able to move the needle and those individuals that apply for us, even if not uh, for that particular position, are we able to place them on other roles? So those are the key things for us. Emily, if you were to give your younger self some advice, looking back to yourself in, in your job 10 years ago, perhaps, what would be the biggest piece of advice you would give your younger self? Well, that's a great question. I think it's being open to all of the different types of automation and understanding just how that can improve the experience and improve the process for both talent and recruiter and how that would drive me to be able to make more placements, earn more money and have happier customers along the way. And I think through that use of that automation, we can continue to have a positive experience. It's not necessarily, um, um, a negative one to, to embrace all of that technology. Emily, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, James, for having me. Thank you to our listeners. Please like, subscribe and share. And more importantly, let us know if there is someone you would like us to interview on the show and what you would like to hear them talking about. What strategic and or operational changes are you planning to implement in your staffing slash recruitment firm? Lastly, thank you to our sponsor, Employee, providing front and middle office solutions to a range of staffing and recruitment organisations on the Salesforce platform. That's all for today. James Lawton signing out.